You're listening to The Upland Rookie, a podcast presented by Upland Brits. What is up, rookies, and welcome to episode number three of the Upland Rookie Podcast. I'm your host, Will Larson, and this is presented by Upland Brits. Well, we have a very special episode for you today. Uh, My guest is Adam Peck. Now, Adam, uh, you might be familiar with some of his work on social media. Um, he, He, to summarize, he took this epic a uh, five or six month journey across the U.S. Uh, chasing upland birds and photographing and documenting his journey along the way. He loaded up his Suburban, uh, threw his, his dog, his gear in the truck um, early last year and started out on this on this journey. Um, this is, uh, I, I think, a very inspiring episode just to hear uh, more more behind the scenes of, of what prompted this trip, um, kind of what was the goal behind it, and really to hear some of the some of the stories, some of the um, success, some of the failure, some of the uh, a little bit of everything uh, uh, around this trip that Adam took. Um, so I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this. I hope you do as well. I want to thank my sponsor, Yukonuba Premium Performance Dog Food. If you want to get everything your dog's got, then you need nutrition that holds nothing back. To unleash your dog's maximum potential, check out the new Yukonuba Premium Performance lineup at yukonubasportingdog.com. I also want to thank Dakota283. If you're in the market for a new kennel, then check out Dakota283, the G3 Medium Series. But they also have a size that's right for you and your dog. At checkout, use my promo code TUR10 for 10% off your order. Before we jump in, we're going to do a listener's question. Joseph Matthew Gallen asks... Your opinion, what is the best rig for upland hunting with two dogs? Uh, whatever gets you out into the field and home safely. <laughs> uh, no, but but seriously, um, yes, I do stand by that. Whatever is going to get you out there, it doesn't have to be this, this $50,000 pickup truck. Um, now, if you're asking what I enjoy, what what is functional, then yes, I think a pickup, uh, is very functional, especially with dogs. Um, my setup, uh, currently I, I did switch to a topper, uh, about a year ago and that has been, that's been a lifesaver. Um, I've really enjoyed that. Um, having the topper, I throw my, uh, 283 kennels, two of them in the back right now. Um, I, I push them towards the tailgate. Um, so when I drop the tailgate, I don't have to reach in super far to uh to let the dogs out of the kennels um and then i went with a side pop-up window or a fold-out window on the topper that's i wish i actually would have gotten two of those on each side um i I got one my right side is a pop-up window the left side's a sliding window um the the pop-up makes it really easy for for getting in the side or getting in towards the back of the truck um so if you're looking at a topper, I would just from personal experience, 
try getting to pop-up windows, um, especially with having those kennels towards the tailgate side. Um, you know, you can throw your cooler gear you need to access quickly um, towards the front of the pickup. Um, things I will be adding, hopefully in the future, I either want to build a drawer system or maybe look, to in, look into a deck system. Uh, so put the kennels on top of that and then you have those two sliding drawers. Um, really nice spot to, to store a shotgun or shells um, or a vest as you're going field to field. Uh, but honestly, um, whatever, whatever truck or car is going to get you to the field uh, safely, not get stuck. Um, a lot of these hunts are muddy or snowy. Um, so, so just be smart about it. Don't, don't take a Honda Civic <laughs> to Kansas, uh, probably not going to work super well. Um, and then, yeah, I, I run some BF Goodwrench uh, KO2 uh, all trains. Um, have, they've been a great tire. Um, I, I've enjoyed them the past year and a half. So um, yeah, giving lots of traction, road noise isn't too bad. So that's just a little bit of, of my rig, um, what I'm using. Uh, again, really enjoy it. Can't say enough about the Lear pop-up windows on the topper, and uh, and yeah, the, the Dakota kennels they fit really nice in the back of my uh, my pickup. Oh, I have a F one fifty by the way. Sorry, I don't think I mentioned that. It's a twenty seventeen F one fifty. It's just the small V six, so it's it doesn't have a ton of power, but it looks cool. Um, the other thing I was gonna say about rig. Oh, um. I am curious. I need to play with my setup a little bit. Um, if I add a third dog here and a third kennel, um, I will need to kind of figure out, um, yeah, just figure out what that setup looks like. I might turn the kennels sideways so that the doors face the pop-up window. Um, and then I would open the kennel doors that way. Or I might just run two kennels still and double up the dogs. Uh, again, my Britneys are, are pretty small, so um, they could they could share a kennel on, on a trip. So we'll see. Um, I like having dogs in their own kennels. Cause when you let, if you want to let one out, get them collared up, all that, you're not trying to, to deal with two dogs trying to, trying to get out. So anyways, um, Joseph, thank you for your question. Um, uh, if you have a question or would like to write in, uh, feel free to message me at Upland underscore Brits or at the Upland rookie podcast. Uh, would love to have your question and, uh, we can get it on a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. It looks like you're in your office there. That's pretty sweet setup. Yes. Yeah, so, uh it's my mom's office, so nice. I currently live with my parents. There you go. Had, like, yeah, oh yeah, it's the good the good life. Um I had to find like a soft landing after the trip, like after <laughs> yeah. the trip. But uh yeah, no, I'm in my, my mom's little office. She's a doctor, so during COVID she like was doing telemedicine stuff. So we like set her office up for oh, nice. it, looks, it looks really good, but I got a Peloton next to me. Oh yeah. There you go. Yeah. You can get all your work done there. You get a workout in, get some work done. Like Dude, I spend all, I spend all day, every day in this room. Really? <laughs> like, <go> to, <laughs> I'm sure. Like go to bed. I wake up at four 30 every morning, read in the, like in my bedroom and uh -huh. make coffee come in here, work out, start working. Nice. Like, that's, it. that's my dad. That's Every awesome. <laughs> so are you just like full on, like at going through all your photos right now? Is that just your life pretty much at this point? No, uh, okay. actually, no, I'm, I don't have any photos left to go through. Okay. I edited oh, wow. while I was on the road. So oh, yeah, I, nice. mean, I, took, I took over like, I, don't know, I think it's like 
a hundred thousand photos or something like that while I was dude that is crazy there's no way there is no way that i would be able to like like mentally have been if just, you like, didn't keep up with it not, yeah. yeah if like there were times that i got a couple of weeks behind or like oh like or maybe i was maybe it was like five hunts behind and there was like i don't know like six thousand photos to edit or, or like to, just to go through and yeah. i would be like oh no like oh god that's, a da- that's gotta be a daunting task then if you yeah. do get a couple days you know behind yeah that's gotta be. be pretty intense so yeah so no yeah so no i'm not i'm i'm just i'm working um and i still go through photos just to look through stuff and like uh find things and and think sure. back but and helps me helps me write a bit oh just yeah like look back at those memories but yeah, no, I have not. I'm not editing, which is super nice. Just get to get back into work, which has kind of been a crazy thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, so let's back up a second. So, just tell us where are you talking to us from today, and where do you where do you grow up? Let's, let's start with there. Yeah. So I grew up in Buford, Georgia, which is actually where I am today. Um, I'm in Buford, Georgia, uh, and I'm at my parents' farm. Uh, it's a small farm. It's not a working farm. Uh, we have bird dogs and we've got some horses. It's about 14 acres. At, oh, at, nice. one, point, at one point, I think we had like 30 or 40 acres, but um, yeah, we've kind of just, so, I mean, there's neighbors all around us now. The, we're the only kind of property left in the town or left okay. in the, the area. Now that's not a subdivision or some okay. stretch, some like, some like, corner market or whatever so yeah uh yeah so that's that's where i'm at currently um and kind of just using and it is as this? A soft, like a soft landing yeah and uh so buford georgia is that i, I don't know georgia really at all yeah like where north south where's where this kind of Four, roughly? 45 minutes north of atlanta oh okay yeah so so yeah so that's and that's where it's the home that um you know i think i moved into one month after i was born oh wow um, and so yeah so the full so circle yeah, full circle. So yeah, so I've been been here my, you know, this has been my home uh, for yeah. my whole life. Um, That's and awesome. I moved the actually this is sad living with my parents and it sounds really horrible. <laughs> but um, I moved out uh, of I moved away from Georgia 10 years ago when I graduated high school. And I haven't lived in Georgia ever since. Oh, um, wow. T- until COVID happened, which that's like COVID happening. I, I said like, this sounds so horrible, but like, man, COVID has been sweet. <laughs> like, like it did it oh, like, man. like COVID changed my life, man. Yeah. Uh, like and for the better, like, and I know, I mean, I say that like jokingly, like I sure. know it's been horrible for a lot of, like, for a lot of people. It's been really hard. Um, but like, for me man for, for yeah for what you're doing in your life been, and yeah it's been kick ass like it's <laughs> like i learned i That's... learned a lot about i learned a lot about myself and um and yeah and like it it kind of just like put a lot of things into motion that yeah. never would have happened any other way absolutely well I, I know we're gonna be talking a lot more about that um your trip you went on um but just give us a quick overview um of your company like just give us a quick overview just of of Adam on the professional side, the video, the photos, a little bit of the yeah, writing you do, just man. give us an overview. So that, that's a funny thing. I, like the, what's your, your company here is. Um, so I actually, so I picked up a camera three years ago for the first time ever. Shut the front, um, shut the front door. <laughs> no. Are you serious? Uh, yeah, dude, seriously. I bought like, and I just got, I like right sit call it eight months ago i've got a canon 5d mark 4 
okay. like and before and before that I had the same camera that my first ever camera, the Canon T6i. Okay. Um, so are, like, those, are those really was, nice or are those really no, beginner? The, no, like the Canon T6i is like you buy it at Costco. Like, oh, okay. That's like, that's <laughs> okay. like the Costco. That's like, gotcha. Gotcha. The, like the like the starter pack. Um, and then yeah, I, and then actually yesterday I bought a new camera, but um, yeah, man, I so. You know, I would started out as a, just a, like a, I did a lot. I lived in Colorado for six years. Um, so I can kind of, I'll just kind of give you a background of, yeah, of definitely. my whole life. I'd love been, to. Um, you know, I grew up in Georgia um, and I, my dad got into hunting when he was 40, which I believe I was seven at that time. Um, and that's, so that's what got me into hunting. And I've been hunting ever since then. Um, and we ran bird dogs. We had American Britneys at labs. Um, we ran the AKC field trials. We did the Georgia Lion circuit. Mm. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, we did, we did a lot of that and, uh, and that was great. It was a great upbringing. And then I got really into hockey, uh, and I, that kind of took over my whole life. Um, you know, I would hunt every year, but not a, you know, not an absurd amount. Um, and took so a, took a backseat to hockey pretty much. Yeah, for sure. Everything took a backseat to hockey. So I, which isn't bad. I, I'm a big hockey fan. That's, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was fun. Yeah. I mean, I had a great time. Like I, yeah. you know, I did, I played hockey till I was 22. Okay. Um, I played junior hockey. So I played, yeah, started playing junior hockey, which is 21 and under when I was 15. Um, I moved to Montana. Uh, that was in 2011. I moved to Montana uh, to play juniors. And then I got traded to Wisconsin and then to Wyoming, oh, wow. um, and Gillette, Wyoming. And then, yeah. And then I got, a, a I went to Finlandia university to play college hockey, okay. played a year there. And then, um, it was just so freaking cold there. Um, <laughs> which like that's, it was in the UP. So sure. like, uh, that's like way up there. Pr- prime time for upland hunting. And sure. I did not do any upland hunting. Really? Wow. And like really like look back, I'm bummed about it. But I'm gonna. But I have contacts up there now, so hopefully I'll be able to get up there and go like experience that. But sweet. Um, so yeah, I lived in the UP for a year and then decided to move. Like done with hockey. I had I fought a lot in uh, junior hockey, and so I had some concussions and stuff. And um, it was cold. I just wasn't enjoying it anymore. Yeah. And I was getting a little nervous about concussions. So um, so yeah, I quit hockey and moved to Colorado and nice. kind of got into snowboarding and stuff. And okay and got back into hunting and then yeah dude i that's you know, I, yeah that was that's the story of, of that and i went to college when i went to when i went to colorado i went to college at cu denver okay. business school cool. where i graduated from while i was in college i this kind of gets into the professional side of things is um i worked for an artificial intelligence company while i was in college and then i was doing digital marketing for them. And then I got a job at a big corporation. Um, you know, it was kind of, a, it was a dream job, uh, sure. for a lot, for a lot of people would have been a dream job, uh, okay. making, <laughs> making good money, uh, making good money. And, you know, first job out of college that was paying way more than somebody that just sure. out of college would be doing. And, um, but I absolutely hated it. Uh, and so, but, uh, it was great. Uh, it was great paying. I was like, you know, man, this is stupid. Like, you know, you be happy with it, but I was just miserable. And I had actually decided I was going on a 14 day, 14 day hunting trip with my dad. Um, and I had decided like, all right, when I get back from this trip, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to find another job. Hmm. Like I just, and I, all I was doing was SEO. 
I was like starting a business initiative doing search engine optimization. Um, and I, you know, went on this hunting trip, which hunting has always been one of those things that I can go do mm-hmm. and kind of just, it, it, it spurs on these weird things. Like it gives me these weird, there's something about hunting. I don't know what it is, but, uh, so I was, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to, I'm going to quit my job when I get back from this trip. <laughs> and then the day that I was leaving for the trip, I got a phone call from my boss and was like, Hey, we need to have a meeting. Yeah. And they, I would, they were doing having a reduction in force and I got laid off. Oh my gosh. And so I got like this, I got my severance package. Yeah. I, like, oh it was all, I was like, Oh dude. What and timing? I got, like, yeah. Got paid out on my 14 days of PTO. Like it was wow. all like, I was like, Holy crap. And, and like, how long ago was this? This is, you were uh, in Colorado still, was, right? Yeah. So this was five, four years ago. Okay. Four, yeah. Four years ago, maybe. Um, so yeah, so that happened and I was like, Oh man, that's crazy. Like, I can't believe that just happened. Like that really worked out, honestly. Uh, like they were, they were like, man, we're so sorry. I was like, oh man. It is okay. Trust me. That's like, oh, <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Um, but that kind of forced me to just decide what I want to do with the rest of my life. And um, the reason I hated that job was the work wasn't fulfilling. And uh, I do not, I do not do well with having people tell me what to do. Um, <laughs> I'm just like a habitual entrepreneur. Sure. And so, so yeah, so I decided to start my own digital marketing firm and that's, that's what subliminal media actually is. It has nothing to do with the outdoor industry whatsoever. Okay. Um, it's just a, a digital marketing firm. Um, but I always have this habit of, like I said, I'm a habitual entrepreneur. And when I started really getting back into to hunting and photography and then found a, a passion for writing, which is a crazy thing that I'm actually into writing now and never thought that <laughs> or photography. Sure. Uh, yeah. So I, so I found a passion for it and, um, yeah. So, and so when so, you started your, your media company, you, it, you did not have the intention for it to be a an outdoor hunting focus at all. No, it still isn't. So subliminal okay. media okay. is still a thing. So subliminal, like I have like biotech clients, real estate clients. Oh, wow. So like you're that. in other yeah. spaces already. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's completely unrelated to the outdoor industry. Um, there might be some stuff that I'll like do in collaboration with the company for like an ad or something like that, but um, not really anything in the outdoor industry. Um, and then what actually is as a habitual entrepreneur um, th- in the last year or in the last eight months, I started, I actually did start a company called a field media uh, which is a business with my uh, business partner, Jake Orlich. And, and that is actually where we, we are starting to produce content. Oh, nice. um, specifically and, for and the outdoor. Specifically for the outdoor. Gotcha. I've seen some of his stuff as well. It's, it's really good. Man, he's, he's so talented. Like he is just, he's, he is full of piss and vinegar. <laughs> he's young. He's young, but he is so talented. So yeah, um, he puts so, yeah, out so, some, out some great stuff. Yeah, so, especially so, his Bucky's reviews; those are hilarious. Oh yes, I just <laughs> I just started seeing those uh, not too long ago. I'm like, what They're are so these? That's so fantastic. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I have so many questions rattling yeah, through my dude, mind. Go for it. But go for um, it. We got time. So, no, talking a little bit about because um, you say you just picked up a camera three years ago. So, like, talk a little bit about like what prompted you to want to pick up the camera, start doing photos? Because I'll I'll just say from my own perspective i mean you do some great photos that i really enjoy i know a lot of other people um, are really thank enjoying you. as well so yeah, thank so you so what much. I... led you to that and then how do you kind of hone that craft and, and get better and better 
you know, so I got into it. I, when I first moved to, to Colorado, um, I, the only per, one of the only people I knew in Colorado was named Matt house. Um, he's one of my best friends and he was really into photography and, uh, I'm, I'm really just always been into the outdoors since I moved to Colorado. Not always when I played hockey, I was not in the outdoors, but, um, other than hunting, but I got into backpacking and backcountry snowboarding and fly, like a really back into fly fishing from when I was a kid. And I was just always spending time in these beautiful places in Colorado, as you know, sure. you, know you can't go somewhere. And then you, you try to take a photo with your iPhone and it just never does it justice. <laughs> and so I would, Oh, I would still try and do that. And at that time, man, I was uh, like just struggling college student, you know, like you, you can't afford a $400 camera sure. or whatever it is. Um, and so I was just taking photos of my iPhone. I was always really up to like, kind of like, Oh man, like I wish I could take that good photo. I wish I could take a better photo. Um, and then uh, Matt helped me out and allowed borrow, let me borrow his camera. And that was cool. And then I got my own little Canon T6i and, and so that was the motivation for me getting a camera. And, okay. Um, I did a lot of you know, ski snowboard photography and, and that was fun. A lot of my friends are really phenomenal. Like some, something that no one, you, people will probably never see uh, is uh, the photos I take of my friends skiing, like street skiing in the, in Denver and <laughs> stuff like that, like at, with level one and stuff like that. So, um, so that's, that's always been fun. And that was when I kind of got into, I was like, man, this is like really cool. Like I, you know, I, I see these guys that are out here that are like these photographers are out here getting paid to like take these photos. Um, man, I, that'd be cool. Like, you know, that would be cool. <laughs> kind of piqued your interest. Yeah. And so I, and I, and I always have a business mind. So I was like, okay, well, what's this, what are these photos? What are these things? And so I started this other company and it was to essentially get my friends that were pro skier snowboarders paid more money <laughs> uh, based on like photos or videos that they were in, like what gear they were wearing. Oh, wow. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, that's cool. Like, you know, I'm taking these photos now and like, I can identify what gear these people are wearing. Um, and that was, that was that piece of it was kind of like, okay, this idea of like, maybe that you can make some money or, or whatever it is. And, sure. Um, and at that point I was you know, going on these hunting trips with my dad or, um, I just took my camera with me, you know, thinking anything of it. Um, and, and I'm still like, you know, still just, I don't really think anything of it but go out and, and just take photos of my dad. I always thought, you know, he always talked about when he had, he has friends and all of his, all of his friends, except for one that he hunted with are dead. Like mm. they've all died somehow. Wow. Like, and my dad's 60, 65. It's not like he's old or, sure. or he's older, but yeah, he's, um, he's they young all, they all, yeah, they, I mean, they all people they all of his friends have just died somehow like wow. weird ways of dying and so sure um we look at these photos and we're like damn like man they don't, he's like i wish we would have taken more photos so, mm. you know, that's cool like I, you know i should take more photos of this this is cool to capture and seeing my dad's face like when i would capture these photos like, yeah that's so cool like i love that blah blah so then you know that's when it all kind of clicked and yeah um and yeah the the honing of the skills you know i so i i really appreciate you saying that you uh that you like my photos i i really don't know anything about photography like i genuinely i say this I, and I, I messaged i was actually talking to jake my business partner yesterday like i don't when i tell people that i don't know anything about photography 
no one like you're the only like he's the only person that knows that i literally don't know see, yeah else. see i don't believe you when you say that i'm yeah. as you're talking here admittedly i'm yeah. actually scrolling through uh, your social media right now and i i love i don't know what kind of style you call it i don't know if you know what kind of style it is but <laughs> emily, with- <laughs> emily spoliar emily, one of my friends i met on uh-huh. this trip uh, emily spoliar she referred to it as moody that's a good term for it she was like adam have you she's like has anybody ever told you that your aesthetic is moody and i was like no one has ever said that it's it's artistic it's it's not i'm scrolling through these and and they're not i don't know they're not all just like everyone's looking at the camera it's not these portrait not all these tailgate shots you're getting shots of like without reading the caption of the of whatever you post you can kind of know what's going on you know like a little that's bit funny. of the story almost. And that's, that's yeah. the cool part. So um, that's, so that, it's, it's that awesome. gets me into something of, is like, so, I, so yeah, I mean, I literally do, I do not know. I just, I'm going to say this and <laughs> people listening that know. You're, you're BSing, man. You're BSing. Going, no, they're going to laugh. No, they're going to laugh because until I say, I fact check, I'll fact check myself with Jake, but I think it was like three months ago, he told me what white balance was. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard of that too. So, dude, I <laughs> was like, what? I was like, white balance. What is that? What the heck like, are you talking he about? Like, he was like, what? Like, yeah, dude, white balance. He's like, oh my god. Okay. Idiot. Okay. So I, I do nothing. But so, but in a, so I genuinely appreciate you saying that you like my photography. I just take photos <laughs> I think are cool. Um, and what what happens is that what I what I I have kind of identified as what is why I take the photos that I do are a, because I think those are the moments that I think are special, but also it doesn't have to be do with. So I was talking to a, a gal uh, named Alexis green. Uh, she's actually another Georgia based uh, upland photographer. She's really great. Um, and she had called me and she's like, you know, I would love to just you know, learn you know, what, what is it? How do you take the upland up these upland photos? Cause she did predominantly waterfowl and, um, and I was like, you know, I, we started talking and I think I, maybe I said three things that were camera, like photography related. And then I started explaining hunting, like what an upland, what is involved in an upland hunt. And, and what I got out of that was that I've been doing this, doing this in terms of this being hunting, upland hunting. I, I shot my first deer this season. Like I'd never been a big game hunter never been turkey hunting or I've gone turkey hunting one time when I was like 10. Okay. Um, not a waterfowl hunter really. I mean, I've done it a bunch, but not a waterfowl hunter, like pretty sure. much just up one. Just up one. Yeah. And I've been doing it for so long that like, I know what's going to happen. And I like nine times out of 10, I know what's going to happen. I know how things are going to shake out. I know that, you know, somebody has got, going to be walking across the field and they're likely going to shout over to their friend at some point. And so you can be in the position that, yeah, catch that yeah it's, it becomes a little bit more instinctual at that point. If yeah. you're around it long enough, you, you can read it's, body language, read little signs of the dog or all these different yeah, things. The, the dog piece is huge, you know, knowing what, what how what, the way the dog's head is like cocked to the side or whatever, or where, like what that habitat looks like that the bird is in and what yeah. the habitat around it looks like, you know, with, uh, with Alexis, I was like, Hey, you know, look for escape habitat. Like that's the way that the birds are going to fly, you know, and, and knowing that stuff is 
kind of keys you, is allows me to key in to get it the photos allows you to that get I ready. Want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, so that's, um, that's, that's really that's what I, true. I, would, I, I identify that as is like, it's not the photography skills by any means. Like I literally sure. just press, press a, little the more, a little more of the, the knowledge and the skill of hunting. Um, yeah. let's, let's back up a tiny bit. So you've mentioned, you know, you pretty much grew up hunting. Sounds like you've been doing it for a long time, specifically upland hunting. Um, so, I mean, it sounds like your, your parents were big hunters, like talk a little bit about growing oh. up hunting. Like, did, I mean, you take some, some really cool photos of your mom too. It looks like she's, she's out yeah. in the field still. Oh man. Let's, okay. Tell so, us a little bit about that. Yeah. Okay. This is actually really funny. So I, my dad is, my dad is a person just like I am. Uh, when we get into something, we're like full bore, like full till into it. And so he bought, he, he got into upland hunting when he was 40, as I said, and I believe oh, yeah, a little seven. bit later. Yeah. So he was an adult onset hunter. Um, and the, actually the, this will kind of get us into like the generational thing is sure. The, one of the reasons he got into upland hunting was because he read the book, a hunter's road. Okay. So put a, put a bookmark in that. Wow. Um, but is, so he, he got into upland hunting and then I got into it, like, because he was into it, I got into it. He, that's what we wanted to do on the weekends. And, you know, he bought his, when he got into upland hunting, he was like, well, I need a bird dog. And so we got an American Brittany. And, um, we had had a lab before, you know, we had had labs before just as pets. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so we got a bird dog and then, you know, he went into the, like, you know, Delmar Smith train the trainer oh, yeah. training. Oh, wow. And then we started running AKC field trials on horse. Like he, then we got a horse because we needed to be on horseback. Oh, nice. You guys, you guys went all in. Yeah, no, all like all in. That is so cool. And so, yeah, so that was, so that was my dad and, and my dad is a, he has always been self-employed. So he has the flexibility to do that and always to be outside doing stuff, which is obviously why I am the way I am as well. But you sure. know, I say that, but my mom has also been self-employed a majority of my life, but she's a doctor. So her, she has never actually been into hunting um, until uh, re- as of recently. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so my dad has always just gone out and does whatever he does. You know, he's just, does things like that's just who he is you know he <laughs> got into triathlons he still does full ironmans to this wow, day wow um but he my mom has just always been work like she's such a hard worker and she has her own practice and um and we we were talking and you know what you know over the last couple of years we've talked about it is you know what is it like what what are you going to do when you retire you know you're coming up on it and she she says you know i I have, I don't know. Like I haven't had time to think about anything other than work for the last 30 years of my life. And, and that's so true. You know, even when I was a kid, you know, when I was young, you know, I mean, she quit being a, she delivered baby. So she's a, a OBGYN. She dropped the OB. Now she's just GYN. But you know, when she was doing OB, we wouldn't see her for weeks at a time. She was at the hospital or if, you know, if she came home, she was going home, going right to sleep and had to go back in to deliver babies. So, um, she's, you know, she's such a hard worker. And, uh, and, and so what, you know, what are you going to get into mom? She's like, I don't know. I don't know. And I was like, well, you know, D and I are, I call my dad D okay. um, D and I, we're pretty, you know, we're, we're pretty into this upland hunting thing. Like you should, you know, maybe, maybe and she's like, you know, what? I, I, maybe I should try it. Maybe I should. So she's always been, she's a great sport. Um, she, wow. 
comes out and she has always just walked with us. Uh, she just like wants to, you know, my dad always said, if you want to get, if you want to get your wife, your significant other into something that you are, that you are passionate about that you want her to do is like 90 to, 90% of the time is like, if you buy them a nice outfit that like looks like looks good, makes them look comfortable and looks like they know what they're doing good then advice. They're into it. Good and, advice. And they they've been married for like forty five years, so nice. it's got, something's got yeah, work. it's it's working. <laughs> yeah, and so my dad, you know, they go out and they you know buy nice outfits for her, and and That's cool. she just goes out and walks with us. And so you know, this last year, she really saw how passionate I was about this, and she has always been so supportive of me, um, just like just always so supportive and. She's like, you know, do you love it this much? Like, maybe I should try like the hunting piece of it. Maybe there's something to it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so she met me out in Montana. She met my dad, went with my dad and met me out in Montana for a hunting season. Yeah. Um, And that was really crazy. And then she, I, you know, I had been put in contact with the Flying Bee Lodge and in Idaho. And I was, I never made it out to Idaho, but. I saw they were having this women's weekend hunt mm. and I was, you know, I was like, mom, maybe you should try this. Like this, it sounds something like you, you know, it, a women's weekend. There's like not a lot of mansplaining going on. Sure. And, sure. You know, and, and, you know, maybe you could actually hunt, like maybe you could actually carry a gun. She's like, you know what? I, I could do that. Wow. So maybe. And so, so she and my sister actually went out um, and yeah, and they, they got it. They did it and they loved it. That they is thought, so cool. Yeah. They're already talking about going back next year. Like they're, they're, they loved it. So, wow. so yeah, I mean, I grew up in a hunting family. Like, it, like I'm sitting in my mom's office right now and there's a bafflehead duck and a, uh, pheasant on the <laughs> nice, wall. Like, nice. I mean, like we had like, it's so a hunting family. It's a hunting but, family. Yeah. So but, did, um, yeah. that, that's awesome, dude. In, um, so I don't know a ton about hunting in Georgia. Like, is it primarily wild quail? Is that the only wild species oh, you have? Ooh, yeah, that's the only, so I mean, yeah. Uh, okay. no, that's not the only wild thing we have, okay. uh, but that was predominantly what I, like I did quail hunting and also it was a lot of it in my area is preserve hunting. So I sure. grew up hunting preserves and same here. I, I grew up hunting in Illinois. It's grew up on or not grew up I, yeah. I didn't start hunting until i was a little bit older probably late teens and it was yeah it was okay. all uh, preserved pheasant so very familiar you know, with that. and and i'm not and and a lot of people will knock you know preserve hunting and stuff and yep and you know what i as if it gets people into hunting then it, like what look at yeah look, i mean look at you and i just point in case yeah. i mean right it's if my it passion it's your passion absolutely yeah so so i mean i grew up uh, like maybe we i we i I mean, I went down and hunted some wild quail when I was growing up, but it was never anything out like outrageous or, or anything. I, you know, I, it wasn't all the time. I was definitely doing a lot of preserve hunting. And so, yeah, so that's, that was, that was my early upbringing. And then I had always heard about my dad going out on these Kansas pheasant hunts with his friends and stuff. And I always wanted to go. And, um, I don't think I was able to go until I was 18 or 19. Okay. And, uh, it was actually when I was in, when I was living in Gillette, Wyoming, I got to meet up with my dad in South Dakota. That was like the first hunt that I did out big, there out West. Yeah, yeah. It was, and it was awesome. It was great. Oh, that's so, so cool. So, yeah. That's so so I mean, cool. yeah, definitely. Yeah. A lot so, of preserves and yeah. stuff like that. No, I, I love, I love preserves. I have some great memories uh, with my dad there. Um, started hunting behind a couple of Britney's, uh, 
the, the hunt club we were kind of a part of, they, they would provide you a guide if you needed one. So this, this old guide, he's probably, gosh, he's probably 65 or 70 at the time took us out with his, his Britney's and I was just mesmerized by this experience and watching the dogs work. And he was, he was really good at just explaining like more about hunting to me. Um, and so, yeah, I have some great, some great memories there. Yeah, man. And, and that sounds like kind of your mentor, right? Would, would you say that was like kind of your hunting mentor? Yeah. Yeah. Early, yeah. Early on. I mean, this, this guy came, my dad passed away about two and a half years ago. He came to my dad's funeral. Like we, we became very yeah. close and uh, yeah, definitely got me in, uh, helped me get into uh, the upland hunting and, and bird dogs and even Brittany. Yeah. So. You know, that's, so the, the mentor piece of it is huge and whether it's a kid or an adult, you know, I, I was, I mean, I, when I say I was lucky, I mean, I'm outrageously lucky to say what I'm about to say is um, I, my dad's best friend who is no longer around, but um, you know, aside from my dad being my hunting mentor, I got to have the editor in chief of Grace Sporting Journal, uh, Dave Foster. He was, he was my dad's best friend and he, he really helped me along um, in my, my hunting journey when I was a kid and wow. taught me a lot, took me under his wing and um, and so that was, he actually left me as like Toyota Land Cruiser uh, oh, wow. Will, and his will wow. when he passed away. And, wow. you know, it's, um, so I was super lucky, but, you know, looking back on, on that and, and seeing, you know, he, he wasn't my father and what, like, sure. why, why did he do that? You know, it was his best friend's kid, I guess, but, yeah, yeah. um, you know, took the time to, to mentor somebody and foster it and, um, you know, foster that love. So I think Absolutely. that's, that's really, really important. That's something I always want to push out to people is like you if, if your friend has a kid or, or whatever or your or your friend wants to go hunting like yeah. take take them hunting and, and be a good mentor and, yeah because i've it. met i've met plenty of people in my life um that whether it was around hunting or even other hobbies or things people you know could be standoffish or, or they don't want to share a little bit of knowledge with you or, or whatever that might be and I find that the, the people that are willing to take that little extra step and just open up a little bit about their life, a little bit about what they know, um, it goes a huge, huge way. Um, there's a guy, so the, the guy who owns it's my older Brittany Gage, um, his name is Jeff. He's here in Colorado, um, out in like the Bennett area. Okay. Um, so anyways, I, the only reason I met him is, um, so he studied his, his dog out to someone here locally. Um, and then the, our, the breeder who owns the mom dog put us in touch with him. They said, Hey, if you ever want to, you know, work on birds or ask him questions, he's a wealth of knowledge. And I was super nervous ever reaching out to this guy. And I was like, Hey, like Jeff, this, this is Will. I have one of your, your dog's puppies. And, you know, he's like, absolutely. Come on out. I got some pigeons and quail. And um, this has been a four year relationship now with Jeff and I. And every step of the way, I mean, to this day, he's still just explaining the little nuances about how dogs are working, uh, how to plant birds, like all this stuff. Um, and I'm asking a lot of questions. I'm, I'm still like, I still feel like I'm that newbie, like mesmerized when I'm out there with him. But uh, yeah. he's really taken the time to to educate me and, and share knowledge and, and be very humble about it, too. Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot to be said about that. You know, it's, you know. I, I'm, I know for a fact that if I am, if I am a, if I'm somebody who doesn't know anything about hunting, you can always, like anybody that doesn't know anything about hunting is welcome to always message me, call me. 
I will get like I give my phone number out to people all the time. I don't know if you're getting any feedback, but we've got my dad is blowing leaves currently. Oh, home. you're good. You're good. I hear uh, a little bit. That's fine. Um, but is, you know, to, to just reach out to me and, and, and that's huge. And, you know, I just getting the bird dog that I got, you know, it's, I'm a trained pointing dog myself or, or I mean, it's all, it's, I haven't trained bird dogs other than my dog Tucker, who just kind of trained me essentially. <laughs> um, but is, you know, in 15 years. And so, but being able to, you know, now I have people that I can call all the time. Like I probably am harassing them at this point, but like just giving me pointers and stuff. And, and they're so open to it. Like they genuinely, people do care about getting yeah. people involved and Absolutely. Um, you just have to find the right people. But yeah, yeah I just want to put that out there. Like if anybody needs awesome. ever anything about hunting or connections or anything, like please reach out to me. I'm That's really cool. I'm happy to, to talk to them. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, okay. So let's chat a little bit about, we've mentioned it maybe a couple times here, this, this trip you went on, um, yeah. this epic, <laughs> I don't even know how long it was, but, um, I have lots of, lots of questions on this. I'm sure other people do as well. Um, just give us a start off a quick overview. Like what was the purpose of this? Um, like what was the goal you set out to do? Like why why did you decide on this trip? How long was it? Just give us some of the highlights. Yeah, dude. There's so there's a lot of like. If uh, do you want the long story or the short story? Well, I, I want an overview, <laughs> and then we're gonna we're gonna pick it apart. Yeah. Okay. Well, so um, I mean, so honestly, the story a it starts when I was a kid, like when I was six years old. <laughs> oh, my, we're going way back. Like yeah. So I I said to put a bookmark in why my dad got into hunting is because one of the reasons is he read the book, a hunter's road. That's right. Okay. Um, and that, so, and then that in turn got me into hunting. Um, what this trip was is that I actually recreate loosely recreated the book, a hunter's road. Oh, um, wow. And, and just by uh, the way, I have not read that yet, but I'm going yeah. to. <laughs> so, so this, the book is about this guy, Jim. So this guy, Jim, it's a real story, real story. Um, Jim Fergus, uh, he, I get goosebumps talking about it every time uh, <laughs> he, he circumnavigated the U S um, back in 1993 uh, to up to hunt upland birds um, with his lab, um, just his lab. And so I had a lab and I was like, you know, I, why not? Like, this is, you know, I, I want to get, there, there's a lot of things that, you know, COVID had happened and I, my initial thought, like I had this idea two or three years ago, maybe to do this trip, but, um, it was always like, okay, well I'll do it in legs. Um, like I'll do, you know, the Western leg one year, that's two weeks and we'll do another one, we'll do another one. And maybe it'll take me eight years to complete it, but it's this prod, like this ongoing project that gets me into hunting, right. Or gets, gets me out hunting. Well, that, uh, so then, but then COVID happened. And so I was living in Colorado at that time. And I, you know, my, I was living in a really not so great place. Um, I, as I said, habitual entrepreneur, that does not mean that I make a lot of money. Like I like, I'm always failing businesses. <laughs> and so like I, all the money I make, I put back into my businesses and don't care where I live. Huh. So I was you know living in like this, essentially this hostel, um, <laughs> in Westminster oh my and, my, and like COVID happens lockdown. Like, you know how crazy yeah. the lockdowns were. Yeah. I'm like, it was nuts. And so my mom like called me, she's like, Adam, <laughs> like 
my mom had cried when she saw where I was living. Oh, and so, <laughs> oh dude, I mean, I'm not going to say anything about Westminster, but I, I know some parts of it. Yeah. <laughs> so. She was like, so distraught. But, um, so yeah, so I knew, so my mom was like, you got to come back. Like, you got just come back to the farm. Like no one knows what's happening. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, like whatever. Then I, then I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm not doing that. And then my dad called me and he was like, Hey, and if my dad calls me, it's mm. like somebody died. You know, it's serious. Yeah. Then he's like, come back. Like, you got to come back, man. Like we we're here. And I'm like, well, I haven't lived there in 10 years. And so, but I, I, I did, I came back and, um, you know, I had was no longer, you know, a bunch of other stuff happened. And, you know, essentially what all it boils down to is that I had an eat, pray, love moment. Um, <laughs> That's what I like to refer to it as is I like had gone through a breakup and all, you know, all the stuff. And <laughs> I like didn't have a lease. I like had it. I, my employee was in uh, my employees, I guess, were uh, like all working remote too. like we had no, well, there's no office. Sure. And I'm like, well, man, I can kind of work from wherever I have no lease. I have no reason to be anywhere else. Um, like I don't have a girlfriend. Like, it's kind of the time like let's do it and like i had bought this suburban that i have um i had bought that from my dad like two weeks before oh no way covid had happened (laughs) and so like i had this thing this big huge vehicle that i was like well i'm gonna whatever do this stuff to it so yeah so um yeah so the overview is that i decided to hit the road for six months um Six months. Oh my goodness. Six months. So from February. So I hit the road August 25th, 2020. Um, and I finished uh on the the last hunt was on February 31st. And I got back to Georgia on like March 5th or something like that. Wow. Um, so yeah, so <laughs> that's so uh, incredible. Yeah. So I, I hunted in I hunted in 16 different states. Uh, I believe we killed 17 species. Wow. 16 or that 17. That is, species. that is legit, man. Something, something like that. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was, Did, were you kind of, were you kind of, coaster. oh, I bet, I bet. Were you, um, were you kind of planning like your next stops along the way? Like how firm did oh, you set shit, plans bro. out ahead that of time? Is, that's such a good, that is such a freaking I was so question. curious. I'm like, did you map dude, all this out way prior? No. Or, or how'd Holy that go? Shit. Dude. Okay. This is the crazy, like, this is the craziest thing of the entire trip is that I, so I had like, I would map out kind of where, like I, so I had the book that was going, that was r- like the rough guide of where I was going to go. Um, of the hunter's road, you mean? Uh, of the hunter's road. Of okay. The hunter's oh, wow. road, like of like his, his route, except oh, wow. for I, because when I would be getting to the Northeast would have been a, it was COVID and like COVID lockdowns, in the Northeast were crazy. And then you also had like the election was going on and you also had riots and everything. Oh my gosh. So yeah. Also like, I didn't factors. think like I had like, honestly, I had, my, I never thought of really about that while I was on the road or anything, but like my mom is like always, always freaking out. Like, okay, I'm 28 years old. And like my mom, like my mom was freaking out. Oh She's my like, God. There are like, you have be careful. You, like, yeah, like there's riots, there's COVID, like there's, 
you know, there's an election and I'm like, yeah. I was just, I was just out there. You're just happy. Go lucky. Um, just, just driving yeah, down the highway. Like, I was like, what's up guys? This yeah, is like, great. Oh, what's going on yeah. out there? You know? And, and I do want to say like, I did, like I did take, I like, I, and I still do take COVID pretty seriously. Um, so like I was masked up all like whenever sure. I was like, as I say that, I don't want to lie about this at all. It's like, I, I was masked up as much as possible. Um, there were times on the road that, like if you were in a small town in South Dakota and you're looking like to talk to people about hunting, like you you there, if you would have a mask, it's like not, there's not going to fly, like, not going to fly. fly. Like, like, yeah. What's this guy from New York or something? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like they're gonna, like, you would get really, you get vibed out. So Absolutely. like, I want to say, I want to put that out. Like, smart. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I want to like put that out there. Like I yeah. didn't wear a mask a hundred percent of the time, but like I sure. tried to as much as, as, much as you could. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Um, and, and so, but yeah, so I did, uh, I did not, I planned, I had things like throughout the trip, like, okay, I had like dates that I had to be somewhere. Okay. Um, that maybe that was like 10, 15, 20 days out from like where my, and, and I had these, like, so, so then you had between. to fill in the gaps almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. So I, and, and I dude, literally had no, I'm the worst at like planning like that kind of stuff. And so let's hit the road for six months, (laughs) which was, which was so great because 98% of the people that I met on the trip were through social media. The people I hunted with were through social media. They were like, Oh, you're coming to my, like, you're coming through here. Like, come on, man. Like, let's go. And, and I met some of the most genuinely, the most amazing people in the entire world. And and it wouldn't have happened if I would have had a plan. And sure. that's a good point. And it was uh, like, I lived in my car, man. I didn't need to like plan where I had an Airbnb or, or anything. Like you had that freedom to, to park the, wherever and sleep. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I slept in some sketchy places. I'm not <laughs> saying I didn't, but you know, it was, yeah, I didn't plan it out. And I think that was the, the beauty of it. And it was crazy that I would be like, I would hit these points where I was like kind of nervous, like, Oh sh- like, Oh shit, man. Like I don't have, like I'm leaving here and I don't know. Like I remember, I forget. I think it was Emily. Emily Spoyar was like, well, where are you going after this? And I was like, I, you know, that's I don't a great know. question. Like, man, that's crazy. I like, I don't know. I'm, I don't believe here. I was yeah. somewhere. I don't know. And I would start getting like nervous. Like I don't have it. Like I've got 15 days to fill. Uh-huh. And then I would, maybe reach out to like one person on Instagram or something. And then within, it would take me five minutes to fill up the next, like I'm not joking, five minutes to fill up the next 15 days. Wow. I mean, that's a high, I mean, just following your journey, people were a, a, a huge highlight. I feel of your journey. Some of the people you got to highlight and photograph and hunt with, it looks like that was a highlight. Is that true? Oh my God. Yeah. Like the, like the birds sweet, like killing birds are awesome. Dogs working at like, everything is amazing, but like it truly, this a, the trip was like never about me. Like it was about me and like the personal journey and stuff. Yeah. But it was truly has always been about hearing and like hearing other people's stories and getting to know other people. Um, I personally am in, in like a, we'll call it like an extroverted introvert um, where I don't like crowds. I genuinely don't like crowds. I don't like going to bars. I don't like being at parties or anything, but I, but I love people. And so like I, meaning I love like 
genuinely one-on-one conversations, conversations, getting past the surface level and getting to know them, their heart a little bit more. Exactly. Getting to know their heart more, man. That's a great way to put it. Exactly. And so I like, that was my favorite piece, man, was that I just got to like meet these people and become friends with them. I mean, I've, I've been off the road now for six or seven weeks, I think. And, and, or I don't know, I guess it's five or six weeks, but is I've talked to somebody, two or three people each week from the trip. Like, just like, they just like, well, yeah, you, not, you built those but, relationships. And... Yeah. Like just genuinely great friends. And yeah, it's been that it was, it was the highlight. I now have so many amazing friends that wow. I just met and got to know. And, and I, I am in the process of writing and telling all these people's stories. <laughs> well, so I was going to ask, did you, so were you, a couple questions in my head here. Were you, um, is your goal to write a book? That's my first question. Yes. Okay. My follow-up then. So obviously you were then capturing after a hunt or after a couple of days with these people, these, these hunts, were you, were you pretty intensively capturing these stories, writing things down? No. No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's all in the head, man. It's all in the head, right? Oh yeah. It's all in the head. And like, I when okay, so I, I wrote something about this, um, early on in the trip is that I, and, and I, I like apologize to anybody that, you know, maybe they got like, if it's, if it's a, a individual, a brand or a publication that I put, I had these high expectations, set high expectations for like the creation of content. Um, and and I genuinely do feel bad that I like might have over promised and under delivered on that. Um, because you know, my thought was I'm going to do stuff in real time. Um, like I'm going to like capture these photos. I'm going to write about them. And then I'm going to put like, and then post them on Instagram, post them like on websites, you know, all this stuff. And what I found was I, it, it, it just didn't work. It wasn't, the moments that are the most special and the moments that you get to know people are not in the field. Mm. They are after, after the field and in the living room or at the bar or around a campfire or whatever it is. And so, you know, going from what I was trying to do in the beginning and I was like getting a lot of having a lot of anxiety around it. Also, keep in mind, I was also running a business this like at the same with, time it, with employees Jeez. the entire time. Like this, I, this is your media company overall. Yeah, so you're the, still yeah, trying to manage sub, projects yeah, and people and subliminal, yeah, subliminal clients that are like completely unrelated to hunting. Like they don't sure. understand hunting. They don't care. Like they want, they need they, they need this need their results. job done. Yeah. They need results for their businesses. So like keep in mind I was doing that as well on this trip. And so like from, you know, working to hunting, to meeting people and wanting to like have conversations with them, like it just became too much to try to set like this high expectations on myself um, of like these deliverables. So like, oh, I want to, you know, post something twice a week or whatever it is. And so I just kind of gave up on that. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I I'm only going to get, I, I can't let my clients suffer. And so that's not like, that's not happening. 
Um, I, cause that's, I mean, that's how I was funding the trip, right? Like this trip was entirely self-funded. Like, sure. Like just from like that's, my business. Like, that's really cool. Do it. Um, and so I, you know, I got it. I've got to make those clients happy. And then I was like, you know, okay, well I want to still experience, like, I want to meet, like, I want to get to know these people. I don't want to miss a thing. And so, you know, I took these photos and I would edit the photos as quickly as possible. Cause you know, when I hunt with somebody on this, when I hunted with somebody on this trip, like they, they took time out of their day, out of their season, sure. uh, you know, and took me to their places to hunt. And like, so my gift to them was all these photos. Yeah. So like just get and gave and just gave them to the individuals. So, and and so, so just so, just so I understand and anyone else out, out there. So it sounds like you went in with the intention to yeah. write more, maybe longer stories as you went, but mm-hmm. you got into it and you were like, you know what? I just need to be in the moment, be with these people, be with this, this journey and not worry about the live kind of content. Yeah. Is that right? Yep, exactly. And you know, there was, there was a few things that, that happened as well throughout, like that kind of made me move to that as well. Um, but, uh, but yes, uh, other than that, sure. Um, no, that, that makes sense. That's what I make sure I was, I was tracking. Yeah, no. So, yeah. So I just decided that like, you know, I'm just going to go and do this, do this trip. And you know, if, if it works out, it works out. And if it doesn't, and like, that was the funny thing is, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this trip and, you know, I'll, I, the idea is to, so the, there's a lot of things that are are the ideally come out of this, um, is one is a podcast. One is like a series of articles. One is we, I mean, we did it. Um, we fit. So Jake, my business partner, we filmed a lot on the trip. So there's going to be a nice, I know that. Yeah. So there's going to be a video series that comes out. Um, and then a book at some point. Um, Very cool. So, so yeah, so oh, that's man. lots, you know, lot to look forward to there. <laughs> yeah. That's exciting. Uh, I mean, yeah. Once like over promising and under delivering, um, you know, I really feel bad about that. I genuinely do, but is that I, you know, it, I just wanted to be in the moment and experience it. And no, I look back sense. now and I look back now and I, I talk to some of my like writing mentors. I am a big person in mentors. Like I think everybody should have a mentor for yeah. everything. In their for lives. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah for ev- like for everything. I think you should have a mentor for everything, for every different thing. You should have a different mentor. Yep. Um, for some of my writing mentors, you know, it's a, yeah, like, you know, w- what do you think about this? Like I'm not taking notes, but I don't, my, I've never been a note taker Like college. I wasn't a note taker. Um, and you know, I have these photos that mm. I can look back at and I can be back in that moment. It, bring, it brings you brain. right back in that field yeah. and that, that tailgate. And yeah. Exactly. Wherever you're at. And, we, and I can have conversations like this conversation, right? I can have like, that's what the podcast will be. It's kind of the, let's talk about the hunt that we had. Let's, let's do a know, verbal dump, that and, day. Yeah, relive verbal that. dump and, and relive it. And that kind of you know, jogs my memory and sees their yeah. perspectives. And um, so, yeah, so that's so, yeah, phenomenal. It's been, yeah. So that's, that's the idea. That's is to, to write a book, but is to, you know, a lot of other cool stuff. And absolutely um, was, yeah. was Jake out there with you? Did he join you kind of at different times on the trip or what was his role in, in helping if at all? Yeah. So he joined, so he, the, you know, everything, I literally can say everything over the past six months is like just complete serendipitous, like fully serendipitous. Um, I had decided to move into the truck and do this trip. Um, and at the same time, unbeknownst to me, I had never met Jake prior to like August 26th. 
in okay. person. We had like talked and we had talked on the phone and stuff. And at that point I was just paying him to drive up to uh, Wyoming to do a hunt with hunt ready okay. um, and, and film. But he had prior to that, he had decided he was moving out of his apartment and he bought a camper mm. um, that he was moving into full time. And so like, we're both, you know, wrote like just living on the road yeah. um, for, he was doing his own thing and I was doing mine. And um, you know, there was, there was weeks that we would spend together and there's you know, weeks that we would go do our own thing. So, uh, we would meet up throughout the trip and, you know, whenever we were in the same region or, or whatever it was. So yeah, I mean, there's, I think there's, I mean, we met up for like, call it nine different hunts maybe, but they're like multiple days and stuff like that. So, sure. so yeah, he, he was, he was out there a lot with me and it was, and, and that cool. was, that was nice to have some like a familiar face around every now and then. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, something to like remind you of, of like, yeah. Okay. You're not just like around strangers. And <laughs> yeah. Stuff. It gives you a little, uh, familiar. Fam- I can never say that word familiarity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to butcher that. Um, okay. So I got to ask you this then uh, on this trip, again, I have not read, uh, the book you're referring to, uh, a hunter's road. So was there anything on the trip that you, that you maybe had a goal for, uh, maybe a state you wanted to hit, maybe a species you wanted to hunt or, or someone you wanted to hunt with that you didn't accomplish? Was there something that, yeah. that you, yes. you had an idea that you, you were going to do? It, it didn't, it fell through. Uh, share a little bit about that. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So a, the fun, like funny, like funny things is like prairie chicken. I did not get a prairie chicken and like Edgar Castillo, he, oh, yeah. he tried. So he was like texting me and like, all like all like honestly sending me location he's like i've killed birds here like i've killed for and like he's the prairie chicken master oh yeah and, for like, sure di- i never saw one like literally <laughs> this, is, did, a, this like, is a common theme quick side note um so i interviewed uh cade springston uh last night same okay. thing he's like he tried prairie chickens he, he hit him not too hard but um, and i'm the same way i, I hunted him a couple of days this year and, and never even saw one so this is a theme i'm, I'm feeling yeah I, I think I walked 35 miles in two days and did not like see a prairie chicken. You're elusive. And, yeah. So, so that was like, that was like a funny thing. And then like a, cha- and then the, the chachalaca, which nobody knows about chachalaca. What the heck is that? Dude. Okay. It's an upland bird in South Texas. Stop it. Uh, yeah, dude. It's, I swear to Never God. Never even heard of it. No one has. Nobody has. I had the, the, chaco- had the chachalaca. The, Chachalaca. C-H-A-C-H-A-L-A-C-A. All right, I'm gonna have to look this up. Yeah, Chachalaca. Um, didn't kill one of those, and they're really weird. Like you don't hunt them with dogs. You like you're you li- essentially stand in the middle of the woods, listen for this call of this chach this bird, and then you like crawl through javelina tunnels to like try and get to where you saw it. And then try and flush it out of the tree. No way. Shoot. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. <laughs> it's honestly is it, is it like crazy. a desert, kind of a desert bird? Like no, like, uh, dude, no, it's like a rainforest bird. Oh my gosh. And it's it's nuts, man. It's okay. Crazy. Wow. Um, but yeah, no one knows about it. I didn't get one. And like that's also a common theme. There's only like one other person that like two other people, I think, that I like I put something, I was like, does any so my friend my friend that's a waterfowl guy, Austin, uh, Austin Ingram, he had like, he's like the sweetest dude in the world. Like he's so nice. 
And he's like, oh, you're coming to Texas. Like, I got to find like, you know, what are, what are the opportunities here in Texas for you? Well, and he's like, have you ever hunted Chachalaca? And I thought he was talking about the Chupacabra. Um, I was like, well, I was like, do you mean Chupacabra? He's like, no, dude, like seriously, look it up. And I was like, what the hell? Yeah. And so I like look it up and it's a real thing. So I put on my Instagram, like, does anybody know about Chachalaca? And it was this like, oh man, oh, great. Like, <laughs> like somebody from like way back, like oh way back in the, be- like somebody gosh. from the beginning of the trip that had reached out to me, like on Instagram, never met him. And like, he like comes back around and he's like, dude, actually I've hunted them. No and like, there's like one, way. there's like one place to hunt them. You got to oh go here. Gosh. And like, yeah. And then I tried it. Was, yeah, dude, it was this whole thing. <laughs> Um, it was crazy. That um, is. And that guy, and that guy's name's Trey, Trey and uh-huh. Trey Johnson. And he like that, he came back. Like, so like he came up in this trip. So I mean, there's multiple people really? like, re- like recur, like that was like recurring, recurring people. theme. Yeah. Yeah. Or not even like just, yeah. People that just like po- randomly popped up in like this. It was weird. <laughs> but like Trey is one of those guys. That's cool. Uh, yeah, it was funny as shit. Um, <laughs> so then. Yeah. So Josh Laka, but then in terms of like things that I wanted to do, um, I did not get to hunt with Jim Fergus, uh, which I was pretty, pretty bummed about that, but honestly it's, it's fine. I, you know, it was, who, and who and is, who's Jim Fergus? Jim Fergus. He is the author of the book. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and so he, we had messaged at the beginning of before I left on the trip that I was doing it. Um, and he was, uh, I don't want to like, I'm not, not, he was very skeptical of me doing this and wondering like what the, ex- he's like, you know, you're not going to have the same experience that I, I had on my trip because oh, interesting. You know, the country, the country's not the same. Like the land isn't sure. the same. The hunting's not the same and blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, oh man, like, oh, what am I getting myself into? Holy shit. <laughs> um, That's but, probably like the night before you're leaving. You're like, oh, should I be doing this? Yeah. Like pretty much. Um, so I didn't get to hunt with him, but you know, that, and that was fine. Um, and that's, there, you know, there were so many ups and downs and on the trip, you know, oh, yeah. the first week of the trip, I didn't, I, I walked 55 miles and didn't see a single bird. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell did I get myself into? Like, what? Like, <laughs> oh God. Uh, so yeah, no, I mean, um, so, but then, you know, putting my, you know, that was, that was something is that you. I had so many other just like th- there were so many like when I, I genuinely mean so many times a, a, a number of times that I can't even count them likely of that I just sat there in my truck or wherever I was and was like how the hell did I end up here like why am I here like mm. what what happened what did I do to deserve to be here or like why why is this happening to me and kind of that surreal moment of, of, is this, these, is this real right now? Yeah. Like, I mean, I can, like, I can give you a couple examples, but you know, it was, there's just moments where you're just like, what the fuck dude? Like, excuse my language. I don't know. Like this is a family friendly podcast. <laughs> job, but like, do I mean like, what, like, how am I here? Like, how is it that I, Adam Peck am at X, Y place? Yeah for this like well, that and, i got this, invited this trip this. i mean you you mentioned what you're 28 29 years old you hit more 
more states, more bird species than you ever have in your life up to that point, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, in, in, in one six month month journey, and and so one day you might be hitting Wyoming sage grouse, the next day you're you're chasing chucker or whatever it might be. Like that's mm-hmm. that's a dream for a lot of people that may not ever come true. Dude, you know, and I and I try to put that in make sure everybody knows that I genuinely know that. And I understand that I am extremely lucky and I'm not like just trying to rub it in people's faces that I got to do this. It, like, I know that this is a lot of people's dreams to be able to do a week of it, you know, and I got to do sure. six months of it. Um, so, you know, I, I'm well aware of that and I, and I am you know, very thankful that I have, you know, been given this life of whatever it no, is. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Honestly, um, Adam, I mean, you, you did a great job on this trip of, of just, it, it was fascinating to watch. I, I never once thought, Oh, this guy's what a, what a jerk. He's, you know, flaunting this awesome trip on, on social media. It was just fascinating to, to see um, not only the photos, but the species of birds you were hunting, the dogs you were getting to hunt behind um, just the time around campfires and, and at bars. It was, it was a fascinating journey that, I think for myself, I can say it, it let me into some, some States, some hunting areas that I, I might not ever get to go to. Um, and so it was, it was a fun journey to just stay up to date with and, and see um, some of these amazing places. Man, thank you so much. You know, that was, yeah, it was, there's, I can't wait to tell all like all the stories to, to really get people involved and, and understanding like what all is out there. I think that there's, you know, I, I not, I don't not like this whole thing about hot spotting and species, speed birds, <laughs> sure, species sure. and stuff. Like I know, I know guys, I know <laughs> like chill out, but yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's, you know, these places, okay. We're not hot spotting, like the general <laughs> places of like everybody the goes to, yeah, the state, everybody goes to Kansas to hunt pheasant, which, you know, don't get me wrong. Kansas pheasant is fun. I did it for like three weeks. This last yeah. week. Like this wow. last year. Like it was fun. Like I like now I enjoy shooting Bob white and Kansas more than pheasant, but whatever, but that's a side point. But it's <laughs> that, um, but you know, like there's other things other than going into, you know, like to Kansas or South Dakota on pheasant. And, and there's a lot of, good people out there all over the country you know Mm -hmm. that is that is also something like so a is i want people to to know that there's a lot more hunting in a lot more places than they would actually like normally travel to um Mm -hmm. and so it's not just these like these states that you really think about like you know one of them is like west texas is Mm -hmm. some of the best hunting i had i was an amazing time wow um, yeah, West Texas. That's a, that's, that's a really good point. I mean, so in my, in my hunting journey, I feel like South Dakota is like the, there was, I'll say the end all be all. It's like a half mm-hmm. to get to South Dakota and now fair, fair warning. I haven't been there yet, but in this last year, <laughs> in this last year and a half, um, it's, it's become a little bit lower on my list now. Cause I'm looking at places like like Wyoming sage grouse. Yeah. I might not shoot a, a three, you know, limit of, of roosters and line them up on a tailgate. I might get, might, might get one bird, but that's becoming more appealing to me than the big South Dakota pheasant hunt. 
or mm-hmm. Eastern Montana for Sharpies and Huns. Like that's super high on my list right now that I'm going to try to do this September. And Dude, so there's these me, kind of these, yeah, for let sure. There's there. these little like, <laughs> kind of like, I don't know if you call them niche hunting spots or states or species even. Um, Cause I used to say pheasant was my absolute favorite bird to hunt from my limited experience, but that's, that's changing now. I hunted Sharpies last year in the Sand Hills of Nebraska. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this bird was a blast to chase. Mm-hmm. And so all that to say, I don't know what I'm trying to say exactly, but I, I think there's some really cool opportunities that are beyond your traditional, you know, yeah. big pheasant hunt. So, yeah. So that's, so, you know, telling these stories is like to let people know that that is, you know, that's an, op- there are more opportunities than you would, you would think. And, you know, I'm not saying that going to Kansas or South Dakota isn't fun. Like it truly is. Sure. Oh, I'm sure it's a blast. Again, like it really is. Um, you know, I'm, and I, I fully support you if you want to do that. Um, but there are other things that you can go do and other hunts that you can do. And that are, that are a lot of fun. Um, they're a bit more challenging, but they're, they are a lot of fun. And, you know, the other thing I was going to say is that I want people to know is it's a, another theme of the book is like, there's, there's two things, I guess is, and I, I've, I've said this in a, a recent article that I wrote for publication, but it's, um, you know, everybody experiences hunting in their own way. And no way is right and no way is wrong. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. And and when I say that, I mean, obviously, like there are wrong things about hunt. Like there's wrong ways to hunt. Like I'm saying that. Like, yes, not everything black and white. But like, you know, hunting, I hunted with a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds, from like in a lot of different types of hunting. And, you know, if if you, if you are the guy that only hunts public land, like, dude, good for you. Like, honestly, good for you. Like, I love, I love that for you. And like, and I love hunting on public land, but like the guy who is in Thomasville, Georgia, that hunts on plantations and kills a ton of Bob white every day. And like, and, and rides on a mule drawn wagon. Like he love like he loves that. And like, and he enjoys that. And you know what? That's fine. Like, no one should be, I feel like there's like so much animosity. I don't follow, like I, I genuinely do not follow any of the meme accounts on social media about like upland hunting meme accounts because there's so much animosity and people just like coming at each other about like the different ways that they hunt or they experience hunting and different breed of dog and, that they run or, or di- yeah, the type of and, shotgun they use or type of vest they have all these different yeah, and, things that they and, pit against each other. Exactly. And, and, you know, I'm, you know, do I, do I like, do I agree with every way that people like, do I agree with shooting quail out of a rig? No, but like some people do that. And you know what? Like, and those guys have a freaking blast and like, okay, as long sure. as you're, you're safe and like, it's legal, then do yeah, it. that's fine. Exactly. And so, you know, like just don't, uh, so everybody experiences hunting in their own way. No way is right. No way is wrong. Um, and just like, just support each other, loving hunting. Um, so that's, that's one thing. And, uh, you know, in a time that everything was so fraught, like in the nation and the world is that, you know, I was out there driving around the country and I met so many, I met more amazing people than I met bad people. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely believe that there's more good people than there's more great people out there than there are bad people it's just the the bad people like whatever side whatever side you're on like 
there's more, there's more good people than there are bad people. The bad people are just louder. Mm-hmm. Like they, like, like you, you hear on the news about all this horrible stuff that's happening. And, you know, that was a part of me going on the trip was that I had a lot of anxiety, a lot of social anxiety from COVID and from like everything. That's sure, like sure. The, you know, everything was so negative on the news. Like I honestly didn't listen to any podcasts or any, uh, or any news while I was on the road because wow. I, everything referred to something bad that was happening in the world. Like the world was on fire and I was just so over it. Like I just yeah. didn't care. And so, and when you do that, when you can tune out all of that and, and meet these people that have a smile on their faces and are like, just want to help you out and see that, like you see the good and you see the good in the world. Like, man, that's, that's powerful. Like that is powerful. Absolutely. Um, and so that kind of gets back to that original question of like, it was more about the people genuinely it was more about people. So uh, we haven't really touched on your dogs yet. And, um, if if you know anything about me, I'm bird dogs in general is a big part of why I hunt, Mm -hmm. why I love the uplands. Um, so everyone I I have on this podcast, I really want to talk and dig into a little bit about your bird dogs. Um, just get to know them a little bit. And, uh, so let's start off. I know you have a chocolate lab. Um, Mm -hmm. so tell us a little bit about him and then get into your new pup you just picked up. Yeah. So, well, Tucker, Tucker's my chocolate lab and he is just my best friend. Like, uh, he's been with me for, he's seven years old. I got him when he was like, I think a year old from a crazy story, how I got him. I had quit college hockey and, um, my dad had bought this or had got this dog. I like give, I had this dog given to him. I, I guess I don't know what the story is, but, um, I had this dog given to him. And they, and my mom, he comes home. My mom was, we already had like four or five dogs at that point. And I was like, if he's like, either you get rid of that dog or I'm divorcing you. And like, 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 I don't know if she was joking or not, but (laughs) you'll, you'll never know. Yeah. I never know. And then, um, and my dad called me, he's like, so you quit hockey, huh? I was like, yep. He's like, well, do you want a dog? I was like, yeah, I would love a dog. He's like, I got you one. And I was like, all right, cool. So I got a dog. Um, so I had, so that, and that was Tucker. Um, and so at that time, man, I was like just more concerned about chasing women and drinking beer and, <laughs> you know, didn't train him like at all, like genuinely didn't train him at all. And, you know, we would hunt every year, but it was never like anything serious. He was never like this superb dog, but I think that that was the best thing for me is I didn't need a superb dog. I needed a best friend mm. and he's been with me through, you know, girl like girlfriends friends apartments been through it all with you i've been through it all with me and um and we have this incredible bond and you know going out and not having this phenomenal bird dog was you know almost relaxing at a point uh, to a point where you know i didn't have to be out there trying to impress anybody with this like dog that i have like he's just a meat dog and <laughs> i say that a lot like I, I the way i describe him is just a serviceable dog mm. um and, but he can find birds. So that's awesome. Um, that's great. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's awesome. Yeah. Like I, I didn't like he, he, and he came with you on the trip, right? He was with you the whole time. So he was, he was the only dog I took on the trip. We hunted, I mean, I, I want to say we hunted over 150 days, but I don't (laughs) know if that math works out. I need to like, I need to go back. Okay. I've like tried to count multiple times, but it just Eh, sounds, sounds close enough. Close enough. Yeah. So, but yeah, so he, he hunted with me seven years old and he hunted pretty much every day I did. 
Wow. Um, and he crushed it. Um, and I wrote a little something. I mean, cry about it. Like it's my once, a, like my once in a lifetime yes, dog. I was going to bring know? that post up, man. That, that Dude. got me a little teary eyed, man. That was, so I wrote that. If anybody, it, like, if you could link to that or I can send it to you. To put you it know what? Please, please send it to me. I was looking, I was actually a couple of days ago. I was, I was trying to find that post. I couldn't find it. And then I was thinking yeah. maybe it was a story. I, so yes, no, let's, yeah, let's connect on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so that what I was had finished the trip trip was over and I had been get like, okay, so I'm an emotional person. Like any, if I'm pre, like business wise, I'm like not emotional and pretty like, you know, straightforward, but man, you start talking about feelings and stuff. Like I'm a pretty emotional person. Um, and you know, I, at the end of the trip, I was sitting watching the sunset over this mountain with Alex Stahl and uh, the people from Spoke Hollow outfitters. And, um, I just like started like crying and they're like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, man, like I Tucker, like he just crushed it for six months. Like, holy shit. Like that, this dog, like that dog is amazing. I can't believe he did that. Like, I am so pre, like I couldn't have done this trip without him. You know, it was, it was amazing. Um, and then I went, left that West Texas. You know, that was the last day. It was the last sunset of the trip when that happened and I start driving to pick up Paul, my new puppy, which is a French Brittany. Um, and I, it was, we were sitting in a, we had to like delay a bit cause the guy, the breeder was at work and he was my friend, Matt Vimonen from Buckley Creek kennels. And, um, he, or Buckley Creek Bretons. And he, um, <laughs> I'm sitting in a Walmart parking lot just crying, like bawling my eyes out because I'm writing this thing. Cause I was, I, it came to the realization. When I woke up that yeah. that was, that was the, the night when I had woken up, that was the last night that it would just be Tucker and I sure. And that these yes. are the last, these are the last few hours that it was just going to be Tucker before and I things change. Last, before things change. And like, it was, I was like, I started feeling guilty. I was like, call my mm. mom. I was like, mom, do I like, I can't, I can't get this puppy. Like I can't do this to wow. Tucker. And it hit like, you. It hit you hard. Yeah, man. I was, man, I like was literally bawling my eyes out as I, when I was writing that. And so I was like, kind of wrote an ode to, to Tucker of like, you know, you're my once in a lifetime dog. Oh, you know, last night he, as Paul, Paul is my new puppy. Um, Paul's like running around chasing lightning bugs and, <laughs> um, and like Tuck and I'm, we're just sitting like on the ground in the middle of our horse field. And like Tucker just is like sitting in my lap and just like loves me. And I'm just like, dude, this is like, this Tucker, is the best, this is the best, like, this is the best life. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. So <laughs> he that, seems so like a, Tucker. yeah, he seems like a yeah. sweet dog, man. He's, dude, uh, and, and not only before we move on to Paul, it's, it's not only that you had a hunting dog out there on a trip, you had a, you had a buddy out there when you're, yeah. you're putting those miles in the truck and you're driving from state to state. I mean, you guys probably even developed a, a tighter bond i would guess yeah. on this trip because yeah. that yeah. was your that was your dude yeah no i mean like he, yeah we he's he's not in here right now because he's keeping paul company um <laughs> smart like very smart yeah um but yeah no he's he's still like he's my best friend like, that's awesome he, man would he, you consider him he, your first Cause you said you had dogs growing up. Is he your first yeah. dog then? Yeah. So he'd be my, like my first dog. So that's, um, that's yeah. another level of, of something special about that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had dogs growing up that like, they were my dogs, but like, you know, I'm, I'm not running them all the time. I'm not, he's not my responsibility. I'm not paying for everything. And like, 
he doesn't live with like he lived at my parents house he had other dogs whatever so yeah so i mean this was my dog i was like this is my first dog sure okay um and yeah i mean he he's awesome (laughs) Um, like i'm planning i gotta get like i have a bunch of stupid thigh tattoos like they're really bad thigh tattoos (laughs) um and like, I just got to figure, I'm like trying to figure out, like, I'm going to have to get something like with Tucker. Oh, for sure. Like, just like something Definitely. like, I don't know. I don't know what it'll be. Like, yeah. it won't be like anything nice. <laughs> I, I haven't gone down the, uh, the dog tattoo route yet. I have, uh, yeah. I have a couple of my kids, but, uh, dogs, oh, yeah. no, the dogs might, I, might make when an I appearance. Say mine are, when I say mine are bad, dude, I mean, like they were done in like a kitchen kind of bad. Um, <laughs> but, oh man yeah, i'm glad this is not so, a video podcast oh uh, yeah they're bad <laughs> um, yeah, so. um all right let's let's move on to your epignol breton paul dude oh i i have not said that yet and i will not i'm probably the worst I'm i love saying the, it i love saying dude, it i am like i'm probably the worst french britney owner ever um like, i call him french brit all the time but once in a while if i want to feel really smart i say yeah. Breton. I don't, I mean, I honestly can't even spell it. <laughs> oh, I can't either. <laughs> it's I, like, I just say it. there's a G in there somewhere. I don't do, I don't know. But yeah, no. So I have, I've got a French Brittany. Oh. Um, with, I got, got bought a French Brittany named Paul P A W L. Real quick. And, why'd you, why'd you spell it that way? Man, uh, my sister, we were like, say we were drinking beer one night when I was home. Um, and, we like couldn't figure out what we we're gonna. I was. I love human names, and so uh-huh. my the next lab that I get will be Bill. I like love human oh, that's cool. names. That's cool. Um, but she was like, you know, what about Paul? And she's like, P A W L. And I was like, Oh, yes, that's the one. Like, that is it. Like she said that, and I was like, Yep, that's done. Like right, you, you Paul, just, yeah, like, you heard it. It's over. Okay. Okay. It's cool. It's done. So Paul, um, I'm trying to figure out. I wanted to have his like call it a secondary call name be big w (laughs) (laughs) but he like he not not uh, going with it so far no i like sounds nothing like paul so big w i'm like big w (laughs) hey just 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 change it man that's that's a good one too oh well so yeah so um Um, yeah that's that's, yeah he's he's super cute by the way he's a he's a great looking pup um man he's i got really lucky with with uh with meeting matt i met matt on the trip um, yeah. I shot, so I shot my first, this kind of gets into, I think what, you know, one of your questions you wanted to ask is like, why, why did I choose a first? Of course, print? of course I want to uh, get into that. Yeah. So, so there's a bunch of reasons. I mean, like I overthink everything, um, <laughs> but it's like, so I had never hunted with a French, I grew up hunting with American Britneys. So I sure. know their demeanor. I, I know their confirmation. I know at, like their range. I know them all. I know yep. everything about French, about American Britneys. I'd never hunted with a French Brittany. Um, and then hunting with Matt who breeds them. Uh, and then another dog that had come out of his litter. Um, I, I really enjoyed, we were hunting sage grouse in Wyoming. I was going to say that was, sorry, real quick side note. That was probably my favorite. I don't know if you call it a photo series or something. Um, that Wyoming trip, man, that just gave me so many feelings and, and, honestly probably a little bit because there were some britneys in there french britneys yeah. and i just got mine um but that was a special that, was, that Dude, looked like a special I trip man. It. it was it's still like i everybody that's on that was on that trip is now just like a such a dear 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 friend that i met so up cool. with i met up with everybody from that trip at least one more time while I was on oh wow 
Nice. And it's like, yeah. Um, and so Matt Van Monen, he had his French Brit, um, Libby there, who's like his once in a lifetime dog. Mm. And Libby pointed my first sage grouse. Oh, nice. And like, and it was a rock solid point. Oh, and so like, cool. And like nobody, everybody else, like, I, you know, this is one of those things where you just like, I've been hunting long enough that I know things that are happening and like everybody else was walking down this one way, like this one draw. And I went over like, like saw Libby going over this way. And, um, she was like working at like, maybe you call it a two, I mean, it's the state is to see a sage, right? Like it's huge. And so you're like 200 yards out. And I see Libby, like, you know, following her nose, but we're all pretty spread out. So I was the only one that saw like Libby going this way. And I was just like, yeah, they're walking that way. I'm going to walk this way. I'm going to follow this dog. Smart man. Like like cross, like crest over this little like roller. And I see Libby on point, like locked up. And, and I just like got to shoot this. Wow. Um, Unreal. Yeah. It was so cool. And so, so yeah, so I got to do that. And, um, and so that, so like I, that, that dog Libby stuck out in my mind as like this amazing dog. And you know, he was saying, "Oh, you know, later this year, I'm gonna." I'm <laughs> he was I'm, he was I, priming like, the pump. Yeah, he's like, I, he's like, you know, Libby sold you. He's like, I don't have to tell you. He's like, you know, well, um, you know, we I ended up, you know, hunting with him again in Iowa and hunting with Libby. Uh, actually, Libby did not actually. She hunted one morning because she was already uh, had been bred, um, and so yeah, I just like got to see Libby and, you know, I was like, man, it's like, she really is like, she's pregnant. Like you guys, you're really, I was like, well, I want, like, I want one. Um, and, and the written, so the, that's like, that's the story of like how I got introduced yeah. to them and like the, the dog, but the, the reasoning that I got this, I actually am working on writing an article about this, but is like, why did I select a French Brittany over an American Brittany mm. or a, you know, or a draught or a English pointer or, sure. or a pointer, I guess. Sorry. Be politely <laughs> yeah. correct again. Come on, get it right. It's pointer. pointer so. I'm actually looking at one of those right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> don't don't tell my wife. <laughs> uh, that, so that, so a pointer will actually be my, an English pointer will be my next dog. Um, because my grandfather is not doing, um, very well. And he, uh, talks. So I live in Gwinnett County, Georgia in Gwinnett County. You used to be able to go out, walk out your back door and shoot a limit of Bob whites in like 30 minutes. Um, and either now like that in fifth, that hasn't happened in 50 years. Like there's no more Bob whites in Gwinnett County. Um, but he did that with his pointer named lightning. And so I'm going to get a pointer named lightning. Nice. Um, Oh, that'd be cool. But yeah, so, um, but so why did I get a French Brittany is, yeah. so like the reasoning why is, so I, um, I love American Brittany's, um, but as a photographer, I can't, so the photography piece is like a huge part of it. And also just like how I enjoy, how I experience hunting is like, I don't like having a really, really big running dog, um, for reasons of if that dog points something 700 yards out, I like, what are the odds that a wild bird is still going to be there when I get there? I've got to run there. That better be on a horse at that point. Yeah. You're like, you're not, you're like, you're running and whatever. Like that's not enjoyable. Also like you got to be on like under, like know where your dog is all the time because if they get too far, you know, all stuff. So, 
Um, to me, it was really down between an American Brittany and an and a French Brittany. Um, American Brittany's have a lar- larger range, right? So we'll call that a three to 400 yard range. And it is, you can bring them back down. I know people are going to say that you can bring a dog back down. You can bring, you can bring their range in. I know, but I, their natural range is, you know, sure. 400 okay. yards. Uh, French Brittany, I would, I would say is, you know, two, uh, 250 to a hundred is like what they would like to run at. They can run bigger. Like sure, they, they can. Well, it has to do with training and yeah. Yeah. They can run bigger, but that's their natural range. And American Britneys are, are very independent dogs. And so therefore like they have a bit of what I refer to as like a fuck you mentality <laughs> um, where like, you're like, Hey, c- like come here. And they're like, man, I'm good. <laughs> and like, just like they're and you can shock them or whatever. And like, they're super like thick headed and they're just going to run like, man, they'll be in the next County. Like they don't care. And, and so like, and so, so add, but, but French Britneys are more human centric in a way. And like, you know, this is like, if you stop to tie your shoe for me, if I stop to take a photo, I want to know that I don't need to be solely my eyes on that dog all the time. I can stop, take a photo and not worry about that dog. I know that dog's going to naturally come back and check in with me. Sure. And so, so I wanted like, I wanted a pointing dog, I wanted a dog that was obviously bigger running than a like chocolate lab. A lab yeah. <laughs> um, and, um, I wanted a, uh, and I wanted a dog that I didn't have to really worry about, you know, running across the County. Yeah. Um, all the time. So yeah. Wow. So, that was, that was, so, that so it sounds like you had all those kind of ideas in your head. And then after you, you hunted with Libby and, and Matt and those guys, it kind of sealed the deal for you. Right. Yeah, exactly. Just uh, that. Yeah, sealed the deal for that's, me. Is like, hey, let's do it. Let's uh, that's awesome. Get a French Brit, and yeah. You know, also, I mean, it doesn't hurt that they photograph really well too. They do. Their their coloring is incredible. It's, I yeah. get comments on it all the time, and, and I mean, I live with them all the time, but I'm, I'm hit every once in a while going, "Wow, damn, he is a nice marked marked dog." Yeah, exactly. The really white, cool. the white, and the. Okay, this is a question I have for you because yeah. I. Is it white and brown, white and red? What do you what do you call the like? Is it red? Like was it orange? What is it? What I uh, roan. Roan. I mean, I, just, I love that. Like just, that's a cool. That's I just cool. call it roan. I, I heard a couple other people mention that's their like the color slash their markings is what you call roan. Now I could be totally wrong, but I've heard a couple other people mention it, and that's what I went with. Okay, cool. So I'm I just like call it. them roan. Sweet. But I like it, that it was kind of crazy. I mean, I mean, you know this probably because yours is how old's Paul now? Ooh, uh, roughly uh, four and a half, five months, I think. Okay, because it's it's so crazy how much their coat will change in mm-hmm. not only color but then the markings as well. Because I got so uh, so Gunner's out of Trinity Kennels. Mm-hmm. I'm in Iowa, and I know him and Matt are pretty close as well, but. I got pictures when he was born and kind of throughout the process. And he looked like an orange and white Brittany American. And I was like, Oh, okay. I, I can get down with another orange and white. That's fine. Um, and Josh told me, he said, Oh no, he's going to be Roan. Don't worry. I honestly, I'm like, jo- I'm, Josh, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I, I doubted you. I was like, no, he's going to be orange and white. There's no way. Cause that's what he looked like. And he was a pup. Yeah. 
But sure enough, man, you know, once we got him home, it's two, three months. I'm like, damn, Josh was right. He's a, he's a roan dog. It, it's crazy how much they change. Damn. I really hope that he's just, I, I like the orange and white. I think orange and white I do too. is badass. It's, it's classy, man. It's classy. So, Cause yeah, I have uh, my older one's an American Brit and he's just that classic orange and white and there's something about a, a, a mostly white dog, man. That's, that's, that's yeah. pretty cool watching yeah. uh, run out there. Cl- like classic is a good way to put yeah. it. I'm just, I'm not like a flashy guy. Like, I, I, like I'm yeah. not a flashy guy. I don't like the attention to be on me. So like, I just want sure. like a, that's what your dog. Yeah. You want your dog to look yeah. good. No, I will. I mean, like I want a classic dog. Like I don't want, yeah. that's like, that's why I didn't go with a draught was sure. I didn't want people to like show up and be like, Oh, draught. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I didn't want to be that guy. Like, totally. Not that those guys are bad. Like I want, like I, I hunted with more draughts this season. Than, really? Like, I think 10. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Like 10 that's different draughts. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, that's a lot. But, but like I didn't like so a lot of my friends have draughts, but like I just didn't want to be the guy that like shows up with like a flashy dog or like a dog that you know is like different. Yeah, you know, I just want sure. Like, I mean, a French Brittany, I guess, is like different, but it's it's I don't it's know. It still orange, has this, it's a small yeah. orange and white dog. It still has that classic feel to me. Yeah. Just a couple more things before we wrap up here. Um, I I, I with everyone I have on or I've had on so far, I'm going through a series of rapid fire questions. Okay. So just kind of off the cuff, give me your quick answer. Um, just have a couple here for you. So, uh, first one, um, if you had to take out into the field with you, a shotgun or a camera, which are you taking? Oh, shoot, man. I always carry both. (laughs) You got to pick one. You got only one. I know. Uh, it'd probably be, it would probably be a camera. I've killed enough birds to last a lifetime. It would be a camera. Okay. Awesome. Uh, favorite bird species to hunt. Shit. (laughs) <laughs> oh, man. okay uh god okay see it's not even species anymore like that's so it's so it, it was not as just specific as just like now species is broad okay so huns please, in montana, ex- please explain yeah huns in montana okay scaled quail in west texas like the oh, like wow. okay. so it's it's so I see what you did they, there. like the birds act different in different areas. Like a hun in North Dakota is different than a hun in Montana. Ah. Maybe not the ones like right across the border. Well, but like sure. <laughs> yeah. But like the ones that are like in the coolies, like up in northern Montana, the hun they fly completely differently. Wow. Okay. And, and then you have like and then scale like the scale quail in West Texas. Like I spent two weeks in New Mexico hunting scale quail and they are completely different birds. Like really, they act completely differently. Wow. Uh, so like, so I, I can't, I, that I would love to be able to tell you which one huns or scale quail, but it's like, it's huns in Montana scale quail in West Texas. Like wow. that okay. is part like that's that. Very cool. Did you, uh, this is not a, a rapid fire question. Did you hunt, yeah. uh, Arizona at all? Yeah. So yeah. I, that's, I, yeah. So I hunted Arizona. I did, I got gambles there. Um, I did, I was down. Yeah. I was down in, I would, I went to a falconry meetup in Arizona. Oh, dang. It was crazy. Uh, in portal Arizona is where the falconry meetup was. That's not where we hunted. I'm not hot spotting. That's where everybody Come stayed. On. That's where we stayed. Um, we did not hunt there. Jeez. 
Um, calm down, everyone. Calm down. Calm down. And it was a falconry meetup, so we were hunting hares. Oh, wow. um, but uh, like we weren't shooting them. But then farther away, we hunted some gambles and scale quail. That's where okay. I got my first scale quail was Arizona. Oh, nice. Congrats. Uh, just real quick, that falconry shit is some badass shit. Dude, it, it is ass. bad. I mean, that ass. was, dude, oh, it is. The, uh, man, we could have an entire podcast oh, yeah. on stuff. So, like, I, I know very little about it, but. Oh my I, God. I know very little about it, but I feel like I know so much now. And I know, <laughs> You're and I know, a like, pro then, right? scra- no, like, scratch <laughs> the surface and like how it's a small world, dude. Like this guy that I bought pigeons from the other day, that is from three miles from my house, like three miles from my parents' house where I grew up. Yeah. This guy knows Tyler Slayton. Oh, no way. Like, because he runs cause Falcons? Because he's, he's a falconry guy. Okay. And, like, he wow. met, like, he's met Tyler. I'm sure it's a pretty kid. small like, community. Yeah. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure a lot is. of people know each other. Yeah, so I got like a kick and discount on pigeons. Oh, dude, we didn't even talk about pigeons. Damn it. <laughs> That's going to have to be in the next podcast because yeah. I want to talk about pigeons. I have uh, pigeon eggs right now, and I don't know what the F to do. Oh, <laughs> no. There's like four or five eggs in my pigeon coop, and yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine, but we definitely need to talk pigeons sometime. <laughs> okay, uh, just a couple more. What uh, what gun did you carry out with you in the field? Dude, this year? oh, God, you don't want to. This is another... <laughs> Um, okay. I carried a, so the first part of the trip, I, I had, um, got a two, so Rock Island armory auctions, gun auctions. I don't even know anything about that. No, I don't. Um, lot, it was lot number 98. Uh, it's like a, a gun, a online gun and like, oh, okay. it was lot number 98 of a hundred. Um, two daily Marukus came up on, uh, up for sale. It was, and two 12 gauge daily Morocco's and I bought them for 750 bucks. Okay. Get. You, I, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. I don't know what those are. So just tell me so like what kind of gun the, all that. So it's a over, so 12 gauge over. So like, so hold on bit like, so that <laughs> you're so very it, excited so right it, now. And dude, I, I can't, no, I can't so gauge daily, yeah, how excited so I should so, be. Well, so the daily Morocco, Morocco, I don't know how to say it exactly. Um, is the original Browning Satori. Um, oh, okay. Like, so when Browning went to Japan to start making their guns, they bought the Maruku factory because they were looking for somebody that was make that was already producing high, uh, like high quality over and under shotguns and the, and like the model of them. And so the Maruku, the daily Maruku is the like pre like predecessor to the Satori. Okay. Wow. Um, so, it was like that's that, that sounds the, cool which i grew up shooting satori's my dad had is like a satori nut and um and then i was like hey can i take the satori out to colorado and he was like <laughs> <laughs> fat chance <laughs> yeah right buddy um so well so that's what i shot it was a 12 gauge uh so two 12 gauges um that's what i was shooting like for the first part of the trip and then in kansas i had this crazy happenstance we're like, how do these things happen? This is another one of them. I ended up like by chance meeting a guy from Cesar Guarini and he gave me a shotgun. What? Yeah. Dude. So, oh like, like when I say like by chance, like I yeah. literally mean like I was driving down the road no way. and I saw this duck boat, like this, not your everyday duck hunters duck boat in this small town. There's sure. no reason I should have been in the small town. Like I do, wow. this is my favorite, this is my favorite story. <laughs> 
my friend Megan had got this Airbnb for us to stay in to like to hunt pheasant with her dad. Uh And, um, in this small town that has no restaurants and no gas station, like there's nothing, there's no reason anybody should ever be in this town. And I'm like driving down where, and I hadn't gotten there in time to scout. I'm essentially guiding them. And they are like, I'm like, Oh man, I, you know, on X looked at stuff, whatever I'm driving out of the town. And I like see this, not like this nice duck boat, like, sure. this, like not your everyday hunter's duck boat. Like this guy knows birds. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, damn, that guy, like, what the hell? Like, I bet if I asked him, he would know something. Yeah. So I was like, so I pull over, get out of the car. My friends are like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, do you know more about it? I see this guy on the front porch, sit like drinking a cup of coffee. And I'm like, what's, I was like, Hey man, how are you doing? He's like, good. How are you doing? Like, what's up, man? I was like, dude that's a nice duck boat like i just want to, you know i got a couple questions for you I'm looking for a pheasant he's like come on in man i just made a pot of coffee <laughs> like hell yeah dude. all right and, come on and then i'm like all right sweet so they like go inside and have a cup of coffee with this guy and like i will i walk in and like there's like ten thousand dollars worth of decoys sitting in this guy's living room oh wow and i'm like and i'm like okay like who are you are, like yeah who is this guy like who are you and he's like you know he's like oh um he's like uh He's like, oh, you know, and you know, I, you know, just love duck hunting. He's like, my work, I can work from wherever. I was like, oh, cool, sounds good. Like, that's cool, man. And, like, and he's like, well, what about you? Tell me your story. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm like working on this project, and like, I'm like doing like doing this thing where I'm recreating this book, and like work with a publication or two, and like, oh, like you're taking photos. He's like, no. He's like, spits out his. He's like, drink. Spits out his coffee. He's like, no. He's like, okay, you're gonna bleed this out. He's like, no way that you are sitting in my living room right now and i was like what and he's like yeah he's like you he's like i am one of the only u.s sales reps in the u.s for caesar Garini shotguns and we're historically been in like sporting clays but we just came out this model for upland hunting and like i need oh to get he's like he's like gosh. he's like and and now that you say your name i fall he's like i've been following you on instagram shut he's up like, he's oh like my gosh adam that <laughs> is and he's like, yeah and i'm like what the hell like this is crazy and he's like he's like here's the deal He's like, I need to get a gun in your hands as soon as possible. I was like, dude, I cannot accept Caesar Greedy. Like, I cannot. And he was like, no. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, give me a second. And I was like, all right. And he like walks out, pulls out this like brand new, like it's literally brand new, never been, sh- like, never been maybe shot. It had, I think it had like three. I think he said he had put four, four shells through it. Okay. And to me, he's like, take it, shoot it for oh, the rest of your trip. My gosh. And then like this guy, says, he's, like, that's, he's like, that's the circle, man. And I was like, that's what he, he's like. That's the circle. And I'm like, dude, that is the freaking circle. <laughs> that's, that's the <laughs> definition right there. So yeah, that is so, the dude, definition. So, yeah, so, so then I shot a 20 gauge season wow. for the rest of the trip. Okay. Wow, dude, that's, <laughs> that's going to be with you forever. That, that story and those, oh, those yeah. random acts of just by, the things by chance that how they happen. And yeah. So I like, when I saw, when I saw that, it was a question on there. I was, freaking like, I was like, I was like this, he's not, this is not rapid fire. He's <laughs> this, is, this is like a four, four minute uh, per question rapid fire. <laughs> yeah, sorry. My bad. Oh, I lo- no, dude. I love it. Um, all right. Just two more, uh, yeah. beverage of choice after a hunt. Nick ultra. Ice cold okay. Mick Ultra. All right. I don't, like, I, I don't know if it. I've had a, a Mick Ultra. 
I don't know if I have. Dude, no, I actually did a couple weeks ago at my kid's soccer practice. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, saw some, I mean, saw it's some buddies like of mine. Yeah, they pulled it. I just got done with a, a bike ride. I pulled up to the soccer practice and uh, my buddy's got a, a case of beer. And he's like, hey, you want something to drink? He's like, you want something heavy or, or light? I'm like, light. I just got, just got off doing five miles yeah. on a bike. And they're like, well, here you go. It's like, yeah. perfect. So yeah, I, I dude, did have one ultra, of those. That dude, so good. I don't drink IPAs. Like the shitty, like whenever I go to a bar, I, I'm like, they're like, what are you drinking? I'm like, what's the shittiest beer you got? Like that's that's what I want. That's like, what I, I want. want. I want the shitty beer. You uh, no you, a, you a Coors guy at all? Uh, you know if it's if that's Banquet? the shittiest if they if that's the now. shittiest beer they've got on tap. I, see, I call Coors like Coors is like the Maserati of beer for me. Yeah, well, dude, I mean, like the thing about Coors Banquet is that's a nice beer. It's great. It's a nice beer. It's it, too nice for me. It it tastes different in Colorado too, man. It's just it. <laughs> it I just picture those Rocky Mountains. Oh gets me going yeah. okay last thing this is not um on your question thing i sent to you so it's gonna be a tough one okay just just give me off the cuff whatever it is man i don't care what it is um what's just your biggest takeaway from this this epic six-month trip that you you went on yeah uh i can yeah i know the answer to this one is okay that, good because uh, i've thought a lot about this is um don't be afraid to take chances and to put yourself, to make yourself uncomfortable because the greatest things in life happen when you take chances and put yourself in the right positions. Dude, that's awesome. It's not, nothing needs, you don't have to have everything planned. It's just putting your, it's just putting yourself in the position to have good things happen to you. Oh, that's, that's my mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> Adam, Adam Peck right there, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, dude, that's it. Um, so yeah, oh. that's, that's, that's it, man. That's I love that. Um, are you ever going to do this trip again? Or do you feel like you, you got everything out of it you wanted to? Uh, I'm not doing this exact trip again. Um, just because I like, I recreated the book. Uh, but I have fallen in love with the road. Um, I've fallen in love with this lifestyle. Uh, and that's why uh, Jake and I started a field media um, and so what we are doing is identifying stories to travel around and go tell. And so, yeah, I mean, next season we already have like three months lined up of back-to-back hunts that we'll be doing. And so we'll just be on living on the road again and, um, you know, doing, doing that. So uh, maybe, it, uh, it won't be living in my Yukon XL for, six months straight but it'll be living on the road at uh for a decent amount of time so i mean and, and i don't see that stopping anytime soon which That's does awesome. not bode well for my love life but <laughs> i mean come on hunting's i mean it's, yeah, it's, it's up there better. it's up there yeah. so. all right brother well adam thank you so much for your time this was longer than i i, I wanted to keep you i know you got stuff to do no, and, and all man, that I, but I, uh, I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed uh, getting to know you a little bit more, getting to know your heart um, and just some of your story behind uh, Upland hunting and a little, little bit personal about your life. And um, I really have enjoyed this. Man, thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And, um, if you ever need anything, man, please reach out. If anybody yeah. needs anything, please, please reach out. Will do. Um, 
yeah, well, you know, what's, you know um, find me. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say real quick, give us what's the best way to contact you, oh. follow you, follow you on social media. Give us that. Yeah. Uh, just Instagram is probably the easiest way. Um, I've got two accounts. Um, one is up getting up and running this next week, uh, is Adam Peck at A D A M P E C H T super simple. Um, and then a field dot media, um, on Instagram as well. Um, so those are the two places you can check out the content and, uh, and if you ever, if anybody needs anything, please do not be afraid to message me. I always message everybody back as quickly as possible. Um, leave me a comment or whatever it is. Um, so, and I'll probably give you my cell phone number to just shoot me a text. Fantastic. Uh, but, Fantastic. But thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you so much for having me on. I, it really means a lot. Absolutely. Uh, truly, Absolutely. Truly I, I, I couldn't wait. Uh, when I was, when I was going through my guest list for, for season one of this podcast, I mean, you're, you're, pretty much top of the list of, I was like, I got to just talk with Adam, get to know him a little bit, hear his story about this, this awesome trip. And yeah, I'm glad cool. we did it. I'm really glad yeah, we did it. Thank you. Thank um, you. Well, we'll have to, to get together this next season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, enjoy, uh, enjoy Tucker, enjoy your new puppy, Paul. And uh, can't wait to see what you do with uh, some more pigeons. Well, thank you so much, man. I hope you have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, that is a wrap of episode number three of the Upland Rookie Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Adam. I know I am just super excited to uh, keep watching his story unfold and just following along uh, with the adventures of his new puppy, Paul, the Epignol Breton. If you enjoyed this episode, please share a rate and review on Apple Podcast. It'll help get the show out there to more hunters and rookies just like yourself. Also, share it with a friend. Tag us on social media at the Upland Rookie Podcast or at Upland underscore Brits. Thanks so much for joining me today. And remember, if you're not fortunate enough to own a Brittany, any bird dog is better than no bird dog. Take care, everyone. <laughs>